Marcus Freeman has assembled a great coaching staff at Notre Dame, but that's led to some serious interest from other college programs and even the NFL. So will Freeman be able to retain all of his key assistants heading into next season? All that and more in today's edition of Locked on Irish. You are Locked on Irish, your daily podcast on the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome in. This is Locked On Irish, your daily Notre Dame podcast, and today is Friday, February 2nd. So happy Friday, and thank you for getting your day started right here by making this your first listen of the day. I'm Tyler Wojak, and I'm the host. I'm also a producer covering college football for Fox Sports, and I graduated from Notre Dame in 2018. You can find this show on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, so please subscribe from wherever it is that you're joining us today. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 more wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. A lot of great stuff coming your way this week. Um, on Wednesday, I talked about the rumors regarding Riley Leonard's injury and what his situation is at Notre Dame. Since then, it seems like it's been really positive about his future. Notre Dame actually posted a picture last night of Riley Leonard participating in winter workouts. So it looks like everything is going to be okay, despite the fact that he had a cleanup surgery on his ankle. Then in yesterday's show, I talked about how Notre Dame did in the transfer portal this past cycle. Now that it's all said and done, I believe they improved uh, compared to what they lost. And I explained that all in yesterday's episode. So go check that out if you have not already. But today, we're going to focus on coaches. At the end, I'm going to talk about men's basketball coach Micah Shrewsbury and his progress so far for the Irish in his first season as the head coach. But I really want to start with the football program because we got some big news um, on Thursday that Notre Dame is going to be re uh, retaining one of their off-field coaches and their director of recruiting, Chad Bowden. But that doesn't mean that their entire coaching staff is safe as other teams, both in the NFL and college, are pursuing some of Marcus Freeman's key assistants. But let's start with Chad Bowden because on Tuesday... Rumors started to surface on message boards that Michigan head coach Sean Moore was actively pursuing Chad Bone for a general manager type role. I don't know if that was going to be his exact title, but that was basically going to be his responsibilities if he decided to take that job with the Wolverines. They were offering Bowden double his salary at Notre Dame, plus a significant upgrade in responsibility that would come with that title. And at the time, Marcus Freeman was on the road recruiting, so it wasn't like he was with Chad to talk through with him in person. So I think a lot of people were concerned that Bone could leave. I think uh, Sharon was swinging for the fences, and I talked about it on Wednesday's episode. And at the time, I felt like he would ultimately stay because of his relationship with Marcus Freeman, and that appears to be a big reason why he's deciding to stay at Notre Dame. But it's not the only reason. Bowden is expected to receive a significant raise from Notre Dame and will likely have increased responsibilities beyond his current role as the recruiting director. According to John Bryce from Football Scoop, who broke the story today, uh, Chad Bowden left money on the table to remain at Notre Dame. Not a lot, but a little bit, and I think that shows you just how much he values working for Marcus Freeman. Michigan beat writer John Henschke reported something similar when he said, quote, can confirm that Chad Bowden is staying at Notre Dame. Sharon Moore swung for the fences with a promotion, raise, and other incentives, but his loyalty to Marcus Freeman won out in the end, and then in parentheses, and Notre Dame matching, end quote. So why is this important? I think there's three big reasons why. The first one is this all shows that Chad Bone is really good at his job, and other people are taking notice, including the head coach of the team who just won the national championship. Number two, 
Chad Bone's loyalty to Marcus Freeman in Notre Dame is about as solid as it gets, and that's pretty rare to see nowadays, especially in the modern times of college football. And the third reason why is, once again, Notre Dame paid up to keep top talent on its staff. That's what they need to do if they want to truly compete at the top of their sport. Uh, But now they're actually practicing what they preach because it really wasn't that long ago where Notre Dame was getting outbid for some of their key assistants, most notably Mike Elko back after the 2017 season when he left for Texas A&M. Let's get into the specifics, though, of why Chad Bone is so important because I feel like a lot of fans are pretty familiar with who he is. They see him running around. They see him as this super energetic guy in all of these videos, especially during big recruiting weekends. Most recently, he was seen wearing a full-on leprechaun costume at Notre Dame's Junior Day. So he's a pretty visible character, and that's exactly what he is. He is absolutely a character. But it goes beyond that. He's really skilled. He was the director of recruiting at Cincinnati by the time he was 25 years old. That's really impressive and kind of makes me wonder, like, what the hell am I doing with my life? Like, I'm 27, and as glamorous as the the podcast life is and as glamorous as the -the behind-the-scenes digital producer is, I don't think it holds quite the same weight. So I'm a little behind Chad in terms of uh, where we're at in our respective careers. But it's slightly less surprising that Bone would be able to land that job at such a young age when you consider the fact that he's the son of a former general manager for the Cincinnati Reds. Chad's father, Jim, became the GM of the Reds when he was just 31 years old, way back in 1992. And at the time, he was the youngest general manager in the history of Major League Baseball. So clearly, Chad comes from an impressive background. And even though he hasn't really been in the recruiting industry all that long. He has surely or surely skyrocketed up the ranks, and now he's one of the most highly respected personnel staffers in the entire country. Like it's not just Michigan looking at him either. John Bryce also reported in his story, in his story that there are several SEC programs who are looking at Chad. Like, wait a second, who is this guy, and what's he doing at Notre Dame? Because usually you don't see that much of a tenacious recruiter outside of the SEC or at programs like Ohio State um, and programs like that. I think it's also another example of Marcus Freeman attracting some of the best minds in the sport of college football. People clearly want to work for the guy. Like Mike Denbrock left a great situation at LSU. He had just coached the Heisman Trophy winner. He's making $2 million a year to come to Notre Dame and work for Marcus Freeman, someone who Denbrock had worked alongside in the past when they were both coordinators at Cincinnati, but now he's electing to work for him instead of his good friend Brian Kelly, which is what he was doing when he was at LSU. Then you look at Al Golden, who we'll talk more about in segment two, who appears to be on the brink of signing a potential four-year contract extension with Notre Dame. And look, I get it. Contracts get broken all the time in college sports, but I'd have to imagine the buyout on a four-year deal, especially one Uh, that's as lucrative as the one that Al Golden would be getting from Notre Dame. We've already heard that his contract per year is paying him around $2 million. So the buyout there would be pretty substantial. That leads me to believe that once he puts pen to paper, he's probably going to be around Notre Dame for the foreseeable future. And for as great as Freeman is, and for as much as guys like working for him, none of this is going to be possible if the Notre Dame Athletic Department wasn't aligned with Freeman and the football program in willing to pay these guys what they're valued at in the open market. Den Brock got a huge check to come to Notre Dame. I just talked about Al Golden and what he's making. And now Chad Bowden, who's not even a true on-field staffer, he works in the uh, personnel department, he's now in, now going to get practically double his current salary, something close to that 
Um, and I just think that shows a ton of growth for the team and also the administration and their buy-in in the football program. So each of these developments is really significant in their own right, but the fact that all of them are happening together is a great sign for the future of this Notre Dame football program. Chad Bone isn't the only staff member, though, who's highly sought after by other schools. So coming up next, I'll tell you what other coaches are being pursued and why I think they'll ultimately stay with the Fighting Irish. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite Super Bowl snacks, and placing some super bets. What I love most about the Super Bowl is that everyone in the entire world is all focused in on a football game, and to me, that's awesome, right? And right now, for my picks, I'm still leaning towards Chiefs' money line. Right now, they're getting two and a half points on FanDuel. I'm probably going to throw in some prop bets as well. I'm kind of torn because I really do love Christian McCaffrey. So even though I won't be rooting for the 49ers because I'm going to bet on Chiefs' money line, I'm probably going to sprinkle in some, you know, Christian McCaffrey anytime touchdown, over on yards, over on receiving yards, all of that. I'm still waiting to give out my official picks, so stay tuned for that next week. Um, but right now, FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today, and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Oddly enough, one of the biggest stories in college football right now has to do with the head coach of Boston College. Jeff Halfley, the now former Boston College head coach, decided to leave his job to take the defensive coordinator position with the Green Bay Packers on Wednesday. And I have lots of thoughts on this specific move and what it represents about the sport of college football because I feel like I've seen a lot of really strong reactions from people in the media about this move and what it says about the sport as a whole. But I'm going to save that for next week because I think it's it goes beyond just a segment in a show. I think it's a, a much bigger discussion. I'm actually hoping to have a guest on for that. So stay tuned. That's coming your way next week. But in the fallout of this move, two Notre Dame assistants have been included as potential candidates for the head coaching vacancy at Boston College, including defensive line coach Al Washington and defensive coordinator Al Golden. Um, Bruce Feldman from The Athletic, who's as dialed in as anyone when it comes to the coaching stuff, he included um, Al Washington, I believe. Chris Vanini, also from The Athletic, mentioned Washington and Golden as well. But I want to get this out of the way right now. Al Golden is not taking the job at Boston College for multiple reasons. But the biggest reason why is because the current athletic director at Boston College, Blake James, is the guy who fired Al Golden when he was the head coach at Miami. James was the AD in Coral Gables, and by all accounts, that that firing didn't go super well with Al Golden. To be fair, most firings don't, but I don't think that uh, those two are uh, best of friends, I guess, to put it lightly. So I don't think Al Golden is taking that job. That's not to say that he might take a different job because he might. There's always going to be interest in a guy who's as good as coaching football as Al Golden. I know that his name was in the mix for the head coaching job at Syracuse, although I don't really remember seeing any real traction um, for Al Golden with that job. They moved pretty quickly on Fran Brown, who was coaching the DBs at Georgia. 
But I think Al Golden is very comfortable at Notre Dame. Um, he could still leave for a job. I'm never going to say never when it, when it comes to this stuff. But I think that Golden has earned the right to be very selective about where he goes next if he decides to go. Like, I think he's waiting for a really, really strong opportunity. And right now, I don't know how great of an opportunity it is to be the head coach uh, at Boston College. I always felt like if Al Golden was going to leave, it would be for a defensive coordinator position in the NFL. I know that some people think that he could go and become a head coach for someone in the Northeast. He's got a ton of respect there, and there's other teams who probably love to have him. But the guy just loves defense, and I think he wants to stay on that side of the ball and not really be the head man in charge anymore. And if he does go to the NFL, that would make sense because he spent some time there most recently when he was the linebackers coach with the Cincinnati Bengals before he ended up going back to college and becoming the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. But like I said in the first segment, it looks like he's pretty close to signing an extension, and there's only two other teams left playing in the NFL, the Chiefs and the 49ers. Most of the, most of the coaching moves in the NFL have already been made. So, you know, unless the Chiefs and 49ers want – Al Golden. I, I think he's probably going to stay at Notre Dame, knock on wood. Then there's Al Washington, though, and that's a much different story because Washington played at Boston College from 2002 through 2005 and was a three-year starter. He's a really good player for the Eagles, and he also coached at Boston College from 2012 through 2016, and I actually found out that he coached running backs for three of those years before he moved over to coaching the defensive line in his last year there with the Eagles, and I was like, wow, pretty impressive. He's able to coach running backs and defensive line. Would not have guessed that from Al Washington. But Washington actually interviewed for the head coaching job at Boston College before they ended up hiring Jeff Halfley. I don't know how serious of a contender he was for the job at the time, but the fact that he interviewed for the position shows that he was really interested in the job. So if Boston College were to show legitimate interest in hiring Al Washington, um, I think Al would take it. I think if they offer them the job, I think Al would leave, and I get it. Because way more often than not, if a coach has an opportunity to go back to their alma mater, especially to be the head coach, they're probably going to take it. Now, I don't think he would leave to become the defensive line coach. I think it would be a clear promotion for him in his career to become a head coach going from just being the defensive line coach in Notre Dame. But I don't think it's going to get to that point because I think Boston College wants to go in a different direction. I think that they're going to lean more towards taking an offensive mind with this next hire because Jeff Halfley was a defensive guy. He was the defensive coordinator at Ohio State. Um, he had some experience in the NFL as well, mostly coaching defensive backs, so it's not entirely apples to apples. But Halfley just could not figure out the offense. He went through three offensive coordinators in four years there. And I feel like whenever these programs fire a coach, especially one who is so specific to one side of the ball. They usually go the opposite direction in the next hire to try and balance things out. It doesn't always work out well, but that's just how things work, both at the college level and the NFL. Um, that being said, though, I would not be surprised if Al Washington got an interview for the job. But I think in the end, Boston College is probably going to go with someone more like a Liam Cohn type. Liam Cohn is the offensive coordinator at Kentucky, pretty well respected. He also worked uh, for Sean McVay in the Rams, so that certainly goes a long way in the coaching ranks. So I don't think Al Washington is going to get the job at Boston College, but it's definitely something that we're going to continue to monitor, just given his history with the program and the fact that he interviewed for the job already a few years ago. Those are the two that are, their names have been kind of coming up a lot, but Notre Dame also has other really good coaches on the staff, and I think a lot of people are wondering, are they in danger of losing them? So 
now that they've been able to retain retain Chad Bone, and for now, Al Golden and now Washington, Mike Mickens and Chris O'Leary are the names who have come up the most. They've both received significant interest this offseason. But as of now, it appears that Notre Dame has those two locked up. John Bryce reported that the Los Angeles Chargers approached O'Leary uh, pretty recently once Jesse Minner took the job following Jim Harbaugh from Michigan to the Chargers. And it doesn't seem like O'Leary has much interest in that job right now. So at this point, I felt like if there's one coach that's going to leave, I'm not reporting this. I'm just guessing if it was going to be one guy, it'd probably be running backs coach Dylan McCullough. He has experience in the NFL working with the Kansas City Chiefs, and I could definitely envision him going back to the league. Uh, He has been pretty open about the fact that he eventually wants to be a head coach, although I'm not really sure if a move back to the NFL would really help him get to that point, at least not in the short term, because I feel like if he does go to the NFL, he would probably just be a running backs coach there as well, where if he stuck around in college, he could probably get an offensive coordinator position here uh, in the coming years and then maybe move up to a head coach in, like, I don't know, four years from now. But then again, I'm not sure that staying on as the running backs coach at Notre Dame for that much longer is really going to expedite that process either. So we're going to have to wait and see, but that's one name that I think could potentially be in the mix for some jobs here in the uh, in the near future. Other than that, I feel like the Notre Dame coaching staff is in great shape. Never say never, though. Like I said, things can change in this industry in a hurry. I would never have guessed we'd see Al Washington's name thrown around in head coaching vacancies just a few days ago, yet here we are. But as I've said many times, man, it's good to be wanted. It's a really good sign when other programs and NFL teams are interested in your staff because it means you've got really high-quality assistance, and it's a testament to Mark Freeman's eye for talent, in the coaching ranks, and also people's desire to work for him. All right, coming up in segment three, we're going to stay on the topic of coaches, but we're going to switch it over to the men's basketball program because apparently there's some Notre Dame fans who are already questioning Michael Shrewsbury after just 21 games. Like, seriously, guys? So on Wednesday night, I was watching the men's hoops team and the Irish fell to Virginia on the road, 65-53. to 53. It was ugly. It was their fifth loss in a row. They are now 2-8. and eight in the ACC, and the only team worse than them in the entire conference is the Louisville Cardinals, who are quite literally the biggest dumpster fire in all of college basketball, maybe even college sports. Like, if you haven't really been paying attention to Louisville basketball, and I have just because I'm from there, a lot of my friends are Louisville fans, and especially big Louisville basketball fans, what Kenny Payne has done to that program in just over, like, a year and a half of being their head coach is, it's criminal. Like, they're a storied program, and they are just so unbelievably bad and such a mess. So if you want a good laugh, look into it. That is the only team worse, though, than Notre Dame and the ACC. And even though it felt like the Irish might have turned a corner a little bit when they won 3 of 5 back in early January, which included a blowout win over Virginia at home and their first true road win in nearly two years, that ain't happening. (laughs) At least not right now. Um, And guess what? That's totally fine. Any rational person could have seen the situation that Shrewsbury inherited and realized that it was going to be quite an uphill battle to get this team back to competing for anything. Like, an NCAA tournament just seems, like, so far away right now. Just getting to 500 was an uphill battle for this team in this season. But, believe it or not, this is going to shock you guys, there are plenty of irrational people out there, including some people who call themselves fans of Notre Dame. And those people are not satisfied with year one of the Mike Shrewsbury era. I first noticed this last week when I got a question in my mailbag asking if we were overrating Mike Shrewsbury because 
The team has played really poorly this year, and I kind of laughed it off. I didn't even include it in last week's episode. I thought it was just one person. Maybe it was a joke, whatever. But lately, I've started to see it more and more on social media and message boards, and maybe that's my mistake. Like, my mistake, excuse me. I'm admitting the fact that I'm probably getting a little too worked up over stuff that I see on social media and message boards because those two separately might be the worst places in the entire universe to find rational thought. So it's not surprising that I'm not seeing a ton of that uh, on either of those two sites. But you know what? I was like, I want to talk about it. I haven't really talked about the hoop team in a little bit. Let's debunk it right now. No, I'm not telling you that you should be content with Notre Dame's 7-14 and 14, uh, record right now. This team is seems really bad at basketball. Uh, I'm not doubting that at all, but... When you look at the big picture and you think about what Shrewsbury inherited, you got to remember how bad they were last season under Mike Bray in his final season. That team finished 11-21 and 21 and 3 of 17 in the ACC. They won one single game after January. That team was god-awful, and most of them left. And then when Shrewsbury was hired, he had five scholarship players on the entire roster. Five! It wasn't like Notre Dame could add a bunch of guys in the transfer portal either. It's Notre Dame. We know about the academic restrictions and also doing the fact or due to the fact that no decent grad transfer wanted to play out their final years of eligibility on a team that everybody knew was going to be really bad. The Irish consistently start at least three true freshmen and outside of Jared Kadesny and Julian Roper, every single player averaging at least 15 minutes a game is an underclassman. Notre Dame is extremely young. And college basketball nowadays relies a lot on experience, probably more than they have in decades. It's not like the one-and-done era from a few years ago. It's a big reason why teams like Kentucky have struggled to get back to the Final Four because they're still in that one-and-done mode, and it's really hard for true freshmen especially to really do that well in the modern college game because a lot of guys or a lot of teams are getting old. They're adding really good players through the transfer portal who are not quite NFL or NBA level, but still really good at college basketball. They're older, they're more experienced. And, uh, oh, wow. I think it's just thunder. I'm going to keep this in. That's like the first time I've heard thunder in LA in like three years of living here. Oh my God. Okay. All right. I got to stay focused here. Anyway, what am I talking about? Experience college basketball. The Irish are playing an extremely young lineup, a lineup that has barely played any college basketball. Not surprisingly, they're struggling. So yeah, this season is going to be a struggle. We all knew it going into it. And I think, in fairness to the critics out there, it is easy to say in the offseason, like, yeah, the team's probably not going to be that good. But once you see it live, it is painful. All right, so I'll, I'll give you that. I'll admit it. This is not a particularly fun team to watch, but they try really hard. Um, and it's clear that Mike Shrewsbury is building a solid culture and a solid foundation. It's a big reason why guys like Duke head coach John Shire, uh, he was very comp- complimentary of the team despite the struggles. Miami head coach Jim Laranega also noticed the toughness and tenacity that this Irish team plays with uh, following Notre Dame's loss to Miami. So I understand if you're stru- frustrated watching this team lose so many games, especially considering how many games they lost last season. You want to see improvement. You want to see them better than they were the year before. And right now, it hasn't been that way. But I would just urge you to be patient because I have faith in Micah Shrewsbury and the staff that he's assembled to continue working really hard to get the right players on the roster. Like, even though we don't see it all, this staff is working really, really hard behind the scenes to get some really good players and get the right players to come to Notre Dame to be developed and be around for a long time and then get back 
to competing for the NCAA tournament. And I think that this team, with this coaching staff and what their vision is for the program, I think that they're, they have visions beyond just getting to the tournament every year. They have real goals to crack that second weekend and do some real damage in the NCAA tournament is instead of just being happy to be in, uh, to be in the party. So I understand patience is hard to come by as a fan. I deal with it too. But in this instance, we don't really have a choice. I feel confident, though, that eventually we'll be glad we stuck around through these hard times because the future is bright, even though it doesn't seem like it right now. All right, that's right for this episode, and that is another week of Lockdown Irish in the Books. Thanks again for making this your first listen of the day. I'll be back next week, hopefully with some special guests as well. we got to talk about how well Notre Dame was represented in the Senior Bowl. Like, Have you guys seen the clips of Cam Hart on Twitter? He's been dominating. J.D. Bertrand has been playing really well as well. Maris Leofow and Sam Hartman have opened a few eyes. Uh, plus, we got some big recruiting topics to get into. Like I said, I've got a big college football theory that I'm working on. I'm going to explain it at some point next week as well. So stay tuned for all of that. The best way to do that is by subscribing on YouTube and wherever you're listening to the podcast. You can also follow the show on X at Lockdown Irish, on Instagram at Lockdown Irish Pod, and you can follow my personal X account at Tyler, W-O-J-C-I-A-K. Have a great weekend, everybody.